to show. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Off the Mats Podcast. And I'm glad you all are here. Happy holidays, Thanksgiving, Christmas, uh, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa. Love it all. Love it all. So I'm glad you all are here. This week on the podcast, I'm going to welcome a gentleman that I encountered like many of my guests on Instagram because that's where I do most of my conversing is Instagram. I don't talk to strangers out in public anymore, but I will talk to strangers on Instagram all the time. And then I have them on the podcast and we have a good time. So I want to welcome to the show, Mr. Joe Donovan and Joe and I, uh, we were going back and forth through messenger or, uh, through, uh, Instagram DMS for a minute. And it was like, Hey man, you know, let's get together. Let's talk, you know, like, let's, let's get your story. So, Welcome to the show, Joe. How you feeling, man? And thank you for doing this. I'm feeling pretty good. Thank you for having me. Um, little sore. I'm recently just getting over uh, two fractures in my spine. Happened at work, not at jujitsu. And uh, unfortunately, I haven't been able to roll for a little while. I've just been going to watch. And man, is that hard sitting out on the sidelines. <laughs> but oh yeah, uh, I still love going because that is a fantastic uh community that i've found there and it's where i want to spend all my time even if i can't roll so good good so how long have you been uh sideline so far i'm on about week three now all right all right Um, well hopefully i mean you know with with that type of injury you know it, it could take some time to you know slowly get back but hopefully you get back sooner rather than later uh, it, it's backs get tricky vertebrae all that my wife had a bulging disc and she didn't know what was going on and once they they figured it out she was all types of jacked up so you know hopefully you know your recovery goes well and you can get back out there on the match because you know though you know going to the gym and watching and taking notes and everything you know it's helpful Nothing beats getting out there and actually being on the mats. Right. Um, so how did you uh, get into jujitsu? Like, did you have any prior martial arts experience or did you just the one that was like, you know what? I need to make a change. I want to do something different. Let's go uh, do crazy stuff with people and fight. Yeah. So um, fighting has always been something that I've really enjoyed. Uh, my dad was a goju-ru instructor and he did that for about 25 years and i did goju-ru karate for a couple years with my brother until he had a really bad accident and now he's had his hips replaced several times and you know a lot of stuff that makes it difficult for him to do it and he's in his mid-60s now so but me and my brother used to always watched the old ufc tapes and then um we had the old ones recorded and we thought seeing hoist out there was the coolest thing because he was like the david against goliath and winning and we would see you know rewind him and be like what's he doing how do i do that let's go 
you know, watch these fights and then go try this out in the front yard, you know, kind of self-taught type thing. But then we had another instructor and he did a little bit of jujitsu and a little bit of karate, but then he moved away. And for a long time, there wasn't anything like that. I'm from a really small mountain town in New Hampshire. So there was one gym that did anything similar for an hour and a half. And then that went away. But as soon as a boxing gym came into our town, I was like 13 and I started boxing. And again, I really loved that. Um, the feeling of it was just something I've really, really enjoyed. And then that ended up kind of going south. The guy that ran it uh, got in all sorts of trouble. And it was just kind of like a dream come true when it happened. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's why. Because it is too good to be true. So I've always wanted to find something like that because wrestling or boxing or especially when it's in a, a friendly setting, it's to me, it's the purest form of competition because you can't just pass the ball to somebody on your team who's good. You just have to rely on yourself. And it brings back this like sense of childlike joy. It reminds me of when I was little and me and my brother would do it with my dad. So um, my brother was getting married and we went out to a restaurant and I heard a guy down a couple of tables away talking to, I assume it must've been his girlfriend or something about jujitsu and he wouldn't stop talking about it. And you could tell it was bothering her. And I overheard it and I was like, jujitsu where? And he's like, Oh, right in town. It's like 15 minutes from here. I was like, awesome. When's your next practice? And he said, tomorrow at one o'clock and i was like i'll be there and ever since then i've just been going four days a week and i couldn't be happier with the people there and the atmosphere it's the the best bunch of people i've met good good it i'm glad you mentioned that one part about other team sports and and jujitsu and combat sports being a purest form of competition because that's always the thing when it comes to team sports you'll hear like football for instance you win tom brady for instance six super bowl titles tom brady six super bowl titles seven i'm sorry seven but you don't ever hear them talk about you know the receiver or, you know, the locker room leaders or the defensive leaders and stuff like that being the champions you hear. It's always isolated to one guy who's passing the ball off to somebody else who's doing more stuff or in basketball, you know, you got your point guard who's dishing the ball off and, and kind of commanding the court. Yes, they are the leaders, but you still have other people, you know, kind of, you know, carrying a lot of the load. And sometimes you can just be a guy on a team like, yes, you still have to have skill to get out right. there, but you, you can win a Super Bowl and be the second string quarterback that never played. Yeah. I mean, like I'm I'm here in the, you know, Washington, D.C., Baltimore area. And recently, and I don't want to turn this into a football uh, podcast by any means, but uh, well, for one of my other shows, my co-host, he always talks about. Uh, quarterback they had with uh, the Washington uh, commanders now. So they ended up picking up Carson Wentz, who was the quarterback for the Eagles. 
He got injured. They won a Super Bowl while he was injured. And it, it always becomes this, this discussion about how Carson Wentz is so bad. He, my buddy hates Carson Wentz. He's like, he, he's not a good quarterback. I'm like, well, he's a Super Bowl champ, though. You know, right. he, he was on the team. He has a ring. But but that is how that game is played, though. That's how it goes with any of these sports. You know, you can be a role player and still be a champion. Whereas in combat sports, though it is a team sport, you are the one out there on the mats, in the ring, in the cage, doing the work. And, you know, where the team element comes in, the preparation, getting ready. But once you're out there, that's you and you alone as far as the physical, uh, the physicality of it. But, you know, yeah, you have your coaches, your teammates rooting you on and, and kind of guiding you. But, yeah, combat sports, you know, that that's where it's at when it comes to like just the ideal of like who's better. Because we can always have this argument about, you know, LeBron being the greatest in this era of basketball, Jordan being the greatest in his era, Kobe being the greatest in his era. But there's still a lot of really, really good players that that did their thing. And then a lot of role players that kind of wrote those coattails too. But when it comes to combat sports, we're like, look, you know, the, you know, you got out there, you're winning, you're getting medals, you're getting titles, you're getting belts. You did this. So I, when you said that, it, sorry, it just lit a fire in me because it was like, oh my God, like, yes, that, that's perfect thing. Now I'm going to take this back to my other show and like, look, motherfucker, like, I was talking to a guest on Off the Mats, and he said this, and that fucking shit made perfect sense. Carson Wentz is a champion, though. I, I, I don't support Carson Wentz. I'm just, I just like to give him shit. So, are All you right. like a full time digital creator as a as a career? Or? Nope, I am not that talented. Trust me, I am just a guy that I I forced gumped my way into it. Someone that I trained with. Asked me to run their Facebook page and, and website. I said, sure. Can I make an Instagram account? And they're like, okay, go ahead. So I did that. The Instagram blew up. And my goal was to surpass his Instagram account at the time. I think he had 11,000 or something. I was like, okay, my goal is to pass him. And then I did. And then he was like, well, look, you can just have it all. You can have the Facebook and the website. Because he had his own other things anyway going so he was like just take these things you made the instagram work as sure as you earned it i was like okay i'll take it no um no i i just do a, all this stuff is purely to keep me from uh spiraling into depression and, and losing my mind so yeah I, I was actually uh talking about that to somebody else recently kind of i always say i'm wearing myself thin and doing too much at the same time and i said look man if i don't keep my mind busy i'm one of the things is like i really like what i do for work and i really like exercise and jujitsu and boxing when it was there like on on my weekends when i wake up i'll if the weather's nice i'll you know get up and get on my bicycle and go for a 20 mile ride and nice. just kind of I need to be doing something productive because if not, you know, if I'm not doing something productive, I get kind of, you know, my mind wanders into places and I feel like that's been an issue for why I've 
kind of lost so many people recently is they don't get themselves to a a happy place and then they're stuck in their sad one and end up doing things to i mean we all do things to escape the reality that we're in right so for us it's jujitsu or talking to strangers online and some people it's you know drugs and alcohol so up in new hampshire uh like what's the jujitsu scene like you know up there i know so you know the, i guess there's only one school like kind of in the general area that you're in right so there's this the school that i go to is called nomad grappling club and it's a solo kind of thing it's not like a chain or branch or anything and then about 45 minutes away is the next closest one and it's called um i think it's called like the lab or something and that's in somewhere in maine uh i think it's portland and then 40 minutes in the opposite direction is another one and uh that's called tokyo joe's they do karate and jiu-jitsu but yeah it's uh it's not very prominent we didn't have wrestling in any of our schools nothing like that it's uh it's kind of finally making its way out into the woods here <laughs> well i mean you know the fact that you know uh, it sounds like you you know listed off what three there um uh, you know that in itself i think it is you know big too i have a friend that's in vermont and this was i want to say three years ago i think there was only one gym in vermont that that he was aware of and, and even for him he said that was like maybe 90 minutes away. So, yeah, I mean, at least you're yeah, not. I got real lucky. This one is uh, it's the only one nearby and it's real close. It's about 10 minutes from my house. So, oh, nice. That makes good, it good. easy. And how long have you been training there? I've been training there about a year and a half. Okay. Good, good. And being there, I know with it kind of being. Uh, light on the scene right now in in new hampshire uh like are there any kind of competitions that come through or um there uh, are they're one of our three of our team members actually four one of them was just in the youth division competed recently at a naga submission only and two of uh, our blue belt we only have two blue belts <laughs> everyone else is a white belt and one of them is the coach's son he took silver and then our other one of the other white belts that did the competition took bronze and then our our youth kid got silver so they're doing pretty good 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 yeah, i mean honestly even though like i said you know we've only got three blue belts and everyone's white belts right now i mean that's how you grow, though. Yeah. Nobody starts off as a black belt, you know, and that goes for, you know, gyms in itself. You know, there, there are quite a few gyms that have started with like a blue belt instructor, you know, or owner and, you know, just grow from there. You know, you start off with, you know, nothing but white belts and then boom, you just start cranking out those blue belts and, you know, those purple belts, you know, earn them out there in competition. So, you know, you guys are on the, on the rise. 
Yeah, we're definitely a young young gym, but it's nice, especially when when we're all when we're all kind of like still beginners. I think it would make it easy as a coaching standpoint too, because he doesn't have to do the more advanced stuff for this guy, and you know we're all on the same page, so we're, we are learning at the same pace. So I think being a singular coach that probably makes it easy on him too, just having you know the same skill level throughout but uh well yeah that definitely you know has to be a, you know a, a big relief because you know like you said if you got these guys that are way more advanced over here then you know you have majority you know early early learners it could get tricky almost to the point where it's like you know the fear of losing that student because it's like well i'm not learning what i need to learn over here or you also have the. Well, I saw this trick on YouTube, and then you end up injuring somebody. So, but hey, like I said, growth. You guys are growing. You're on the rise, and I feel like even with jujitsu, still, I mean, jujitsu's you know a relatively big thing now for the most part. But I still feel like it's that sport that's still growing in in many areas, especially in. Like I said, my friend in Vermont, you all in uh, New Hampshire, and it, it, it's it's got its legs. It's it's moving, and before you know it, you guys are gonna be you know some of the heavy hitters out there too, and we'll be like, oh my god, that that scene in New Hampshire, y'all. Like we gotta yeah. we gotta keep our eye on them now. I mean, there's definitely there's more of a demand for it than there is a supply because as soon as as soon as I started, I was thinking, oh, maybe it's going to be like five or six people, which it was. But I was I found out when my brother was, you know, asking me to be the best man at his wedding. And I overheard that kid just talking about it. And. Um, when I went there, he had only been there for about a week. There was two or three other guys and. Every day we would have one, two, three new people that were like, hey, I just found out about this. I just found out about it. And then all of a sudden we got a team of 20 something guys and we're all, you know, those are the diehard members. You get the people that come in for a trial class and, you know, some of them, it, it might not be for them and they decide not to. But we have a pretty solid group of people that go every day. Good, good. And yeah, it's it's tough when you have, like you say, you get the guys who might hop in and sure it's probably not for them, but it's good to weed that out versus yeah. having people that are there that don't really want to be there and they're not good, you know, training partners. So, you know, that's how you really kind of find out who's in it to win it and, you know, who's who's you know faking it and when you have a smaller sample size or serving size you know i think that is the best you know spot to find it because you can get larger gyms where you know you'll have people that are just kind of there and you know, like we're talking about you know the the uh sports you know ball sports you know example where it's like okay you got some guys that are you know kind of hiding in the shadows but you know, when you got like a smaller group, it's like everyone's there. You can see who's there, you know, for it genuinely and then who's not there. And usually yeah. those who aren't there. They tend to see themselves out. So with your injury, 
Uh, you said it, it happened at work. Yeah. Uh, they prior to that, though, you know, had you had any complications or injuries on the mats, you know, that that might have sidelined you or, no, or you, you know contributed? I uh, I never got hurt on the mats. Um, we are thankfully we don't have any there. I know the stereotype is the, the spazzy white belts. Everyone there kind of has learned really quickly that, you know, wow, this is a really uncomfortable position to be in in an arm bar. So no one's, you know, jumping to a submission or snapping something. Um, and part of the, the mantra, I guess, of our gym called Nomad is a compass. And it's like chaos, control capability and confidence and in the middle is composure so if you can't if you can't control someone to be able to get a gentle submission then your technique isn't right so you should be able to take your time and get it without having to like muscle into it so that's we've really stressed uh technique over anything else and that has kept a lot of us injury free and also made you a better grappler and to the point where like i'm i'm kind of a smaller guy especially for my gym i'm five foot eight and 150 pounds but even when we go live there's times when i don't feel like i'm outstrengthened because you can you can get the right positioning and that takes away a lot of the the power that the actual physical strength has and again they're all chill people like if you're if you're going up against if i'm going up against one of the guys it's like 220 he's not gonna just like rip a kimura every two seconds because he wants to learn the other ones too (laughs) no one wants to no one wants to be that guy that like hurts somebody so very true they're all they're all super cool and um it feels like a like a brotherhood to be there because and that like that was my big draw to it at first was that's me me and my brother used to do it together all the time and that is why i get so much joy from it because it it brings back this like childlike sense of wonderment when i'm wrestling or fighting and it sounds weird but it it just reminds me of those times so and we all love it it's like a it's like a group of kids like at we all we're all there for each other we have cookouts and we all show up to each other's birthday parties and weddings and uh you know then it's just it feels more than like a a place you go to like train it feels like i met some really good lifelong people there it's like therapy with strangling <laughs> that's I, how it feels definitely get that for sure yeah i always think about jujitsu as just that just therapy i know there's i've put up a post every so often that says jujitsu is my therapy and you know you'll see people talking about lifting weights you know it's their therapy running is their therapy and you'll get the occasional group of people that jump in and say no therapy is therapy 
blah, blah, blah. You can't have anything that's not talking to a therapist that's not therapy. And it's like, look, man, sometimes we, you know, it's it's not one size fits all. And right. jiu-jitsu can be one of those things that fits into that mode to, to service therapy, whether it be uh, um, fellowship, you know, having your teammates and, you know, having your cookouts going to, you know, birthday parties and, and weddings and, and things like that, celebrating together, you know, being supportive as a team, you know, going to competitions. That goes a long way because, I mean, jiu-jitsu, I think for a lot of people at times replaces, you know, the lack of family for some. You mm. know? So, you know, I, and I know there are people who also hate the whole term. Oh, you know, we're like a family here because it is a business. Yes. For the gym, it's a business, but you still have people that you train with, that you're learning with, that you're going to battle with, that you you form this brotherhood with this, you know, familyhood with that, you know, you can say it's like a family it's just that, you know, on the bigger yeah. scale of it, yes, it is a business. It's a business, though, that you found a family. I mean, I it definitely know. is. And like my my coach, he he um didn't he didn't do it as a business. He moved up here with his family and wanted a place to train. And like me, found that they're either an hour in this direction or an hour in that direction. And he had recently got his brown belt. So he's like, you know what? Why don't I just start one? So at first they were doing it in his garage at his house. And it wasn't really like a, a sign up thing. It was, you know, just a group of guys that like to grapple. And one of them was actually a police officer and now a detective in town. And he taught um, like the hand to hand portion for the police training and he was like well let me learn jujitsu because that makes a lot of sense and then as it as the word grew and it kind of spread that's when he said okay now i need to start this is as, as the potential as a business um and if we're gonna have more than just my five friends in here we're, we're probably gonna have to have people signing waivers and that was when we were renting space for another gym um and then the the popularity and the class size got so big that now we're actually going to be moving into a different part of the building that is just just ours. Okay, good. good. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, again, growth. You're all there. Yeah, all to be surely growing in. And you know, that's the thing too. When you have a product that's good and people are are really gaining from it, you know, it can't be stopped. You know, you know, people can feel how they want to feel about jujitsu. And, they, you know, I'm speaking of people who don't train. I know so many people who don't train who have such negative things to say about martial arts, period. But, you know, at the end of the day, if people are gaining from this, again, whether it be fellowship, whether it be self-defense, whether it just be, you know, just mental health, you know, just you know, this is something that, you know, you, you shouldn't try to take from someone else or try to, you know, uh, discourage others from doing it. So I'm glad that, you know, in, in your gym, this is growing and the community is definitely gaining from it. So good. Yeah. We, we all really like the, uh, the philosophy that my coach 
came up with with the four points of the compass and the center being composure because i feel like if you can if you can be comfortable in an uncomfortable situation it's because you have the capability to be confident to be comfortable in that uncomfortable position and a lot of it like translates to just outside life for me i think but um i wanted to circle back to the the thing about jujitsu being therapy it really is like endorphins are released when you're exercising and that makes you feel good and i had been through a hell of a year man um my former captain of my lacrosse team who was like a mentor to me uh he passed away with a genetic disease a couple years ago he was only 27 years old and then about four months ago my best friend who i used to live with um passed away about a month after i went to hold his newborn baby girl that took a hell of a toll on me and i didn't have a lot of people that i could count on or talk to in high school or in general because I was, I've struggled a lot financially growing up and especially with my, my dad's injuries, my, my mom not making a whole lot of money. And it was just a lot of, I was kind of an angry ornery kid because of the situation I was in. And because of that, I wasn't the most personable and didn't build a lot of lifelong friendships except for kids that were in a similar position to me. Sure. And my therapy was physical fitness. I took all the anger that I was feeling about being broke or being hungry and put that fuel to, you know, lacrosse and boxing and karate and the things that, you know, I felt like if I'm going to have this feeling and I need to escape this feeling, I want it to be the healthiest way possible. And unfortunately, a lot of them chose a different path. But one of the people that kind of brought me out of my shell was a girl that I went to school with, and we had the same birthday together. And she was just an absolute sweetheart. And she said, you know, you you actually are a really nice person on the inside. Um, I know you have a lot of bad things that are happening to you, but you can let go of those. And open up and why don't you come to my birthday party and i'll you know get you some friends because we have the same birthday and she changed my outlook on people a whole lot but the terrible thing is she ended up getting shot in the head by her boyfriend last year (laughs) so every everything that i had that was kind of humanizing me was being taken away bit by bit and then just last month, another one of my friends we used to spend every day together, um, he was struggling with sobriety and we knew it, but we would take him to the like Sapir, the, the peer support group so we could do NA meetings and we would play basketball with them and just do all the things that we could to give him a healthy outlet and 
for a while he was doing really well. He had his own business. And then I he passed away like last month last month from a like relapse. And I was just like devastated, man. There's so much loss to deal with in such a short amount of time. But that's why I felt like jujitsu was like a family because all these things that were happening to me off the mats, I still wanted to go there because that was a supportive, kind, loving group. And my coach would take me to go to church with them, which I'm not even religious, but it just felt nice to, <laughs> to be around other people that cared. And like the jujitsu being a therapy thing, I don't really need any answers i just need someone to care and then i feel like i can figure it out from there once i have the feeling that somebody else cares that gives me the fire that i need to find my own answer so that's why i, I like you and i i saw your posts about the positivity and all this stuff about jujitsu and i didn't have anyone left to talk to so i said oh like you said i wouldn't go talk to people in the supermarket but some stranger on the internet, sure, I'll tell him. <laughs> and then it ended up being one of the coolest things ever. Cool. I mean, just hear your story here and and just it's like I mean, you're going through the ringer. Uh just but you know, for all that you're going through and you're handling it, it you know, from what I can see, from what I can tell. You know, you're like, look, I see these things happening around me. I can't become part of that either. So having, you know, again, this group to turn to and just also, you know, having the awareness, you know, to know, like, look, I had, you know, you know, you're an honorary kid. You know, it's like, yeah, <laughs> what can I do? You know, like what it, it, I always feel like. And I see this a lot online and it, it, it gets tricky because, I mean, we, we are in a digital world. So, you know, we're going to see most of our stuff online because, uh, you know, people are going to say more stuff negatively online than they are going to say in person. That's a fact. Mm -hmm. but, you know, you know, we'll see things and hear things online where it's like you as a as, as a male, it's like, look, man. Like I said, just knowing somebody cares. That's huge. You know, meanwhile, we'll be told, well, no, you know, you got to tough it out and, and, and fight through it. And there is something to that as well. I'm not saying that, you know, people can't just man up, I guess. But more often than not, we need a support group as people, as humans. I think also more so as dudes, because, you know, there are times where. You know, the ideal is like, okay, well, um, you're having this problem. Your best friend, you know, died. You know, go out and get drunk. You know, you'll be all right. Yeah. That, that's how I handled it when, when my best friend died. Yeah, it was definitely I, a long road. There was there was a, quite a bit of that, but uh, I just, um, I lost my license like last year. I have it back now, but again, that was kind of, everyone needs an escape and 
yeah. when my escape was fitness for the longest amount of time and then i was losing all these people some of some of them were through different reasons but a lot of them were from their personal health choices and i kind of and i was i've been painfully self-aware because it wasn't just my outside friends but there was people in my family who also had these issues and i kind of looked in the mirror and i said can't be me won't be me not gonna be me good and i but i did have a i definitely did have a little bit of an issue about drinking for a while uh it was kind of even at work my boss and stuff will will go have a beer after a shift and you know that to me kind of opens up the floodgates it's one's not enough or one's too many and a million's not enough when it comes to things like that so i kind of had to shut it out and the only way i could you know stay distracted without something hindering my state of consciousness was keeping myself busy so i said what are things that i like to do what are things that i actually like and that was fighting and lacrosse so I started, I found the jujitsu gym, thank God. And I started coaching youth lacrosse. And to me, that gave me something I look forward to throughout the week and something that I have a moral obligation to do. Like I, I have to keep my shit together if I'm going to be the one leading another group of, you know, impressionable young minds. So Very true. It, uh, it, I had to keep myself busy with things that I liked to get off the track that I had seen a lot of people go down and blessed are the people at jujitsu and just very thankful for the gym showing up because that has really helped me keep my sanity and like my shit together when all these terrible things are happening around me. Sure. Absolutely. And, you know, my hat goes off to you for, you know, having that self-awareness and also just being, you know, bold enough to, to go against the grain. Cause it's real easy for, you know, anyone to just say, you know what, you know, this is my environment. I may as well just cater into it and, and, you know, be what, what, what it wants me to be, um, you know, when it comes to drinking, that's tough, you know, to, to get around. I, I have a beer review podcast now. And the funny thing about it is like, I don't ever preach sobriety to anyone by any means, but I, I, when I got in trouble with um, drinking, I ended up getting a DUI. Funny thing about the DUI, and it's not funny, but no DUI is ever funny. But the ironic thing is, I wasn't driving when I got the DUI. Um, You're just sitting in the car with the keys nearby. So, well, so I was driving, but so we went in to get subs at a, a local sub shop. And there was a cop on the parking lot. And he ran to check on my tags. My tags were suspended. I was not aware of that. So as we get back into the car, we pull off and 
lights go right on. So shit. License registration, pull everything out. No, well, first he goes, you know why I pulled you over. And I honestly was like, I absolutely have no idea. It's like a uh, license registration, please. So I hand over, you know, my info. It's like you're uh I pulled you over because your tags are suspended. And it looks like your license is as well. I was like, that's news to me. Have you been drinking tonight? And there's no way you could not tell I was drinking just by the smell coming out of that car. Um, but after getting the DUI, you know, I, I kind of went through this thing of wanting to prove a point that I'm not an alcoholic. Because once they make you go to AA, that's all you keep hearing from everyone is that you're an alcoholic. You have a drinking problem. You can't have alcohol. Right. And for me, it was important to prove that, no, I don't have a drinking problem. I can actually drink comfortably without overdoing it. At that time, you know, again, I lost both my best friends in, in a very short amount of time. And I was drinking to numb myself. Yeah. And get away from the, the feelings of just being miserable. When meanwhile, the alcohol was actually making me more miserable. But after getting a DUI and going to AA, you know, I would go out to the bar with my friends and not drink. Or I go there and have one beer just to make a point that I can do that. And that's kind of the thing with this beer podcast right now is my my co-host, he brings three beers and we split the three beers. So ultimately a beer and a half between the two of us over a two hour period of recording a podcast. And, you know, and usually his brother who doesn't drink comes. So his brother actually is his transportation. We record here at my home. So. Uh, you know, there there is kind of that that safety net too. It's like, oh, well, if I want to get smashed, I will get smashed, and I, I can just lay right here on my couch in the basement, or I can crawl upstairs. Uh, yeah. But I don't. Now, don't get me wrong; I've had my moments where you know I'll have a couple mugs of wine, you know, but it's it's not the belligerent like raging alcoholic I used to be, where it was like, yeah, I think for me it's like I before. Before I started having like people around me dropping like flies, um, I could have one or two beers and be like, yeah, my stomach's kind of full. I don't really feel like having any more. And then when, especially because the, the people that I lost were really the only ones that I could talk comfortably about or knew were going to care or would, or would message me without me messaging them first just to check in. And once I didn't have that around, I was just kind of like, all right, well, I'm going to numb myself, like you said. And then it wasn't until I had the other things like the jujitsu and the coaching that made me feel like I don't need to do that anymore. I don't want to do that anymore. So I'm I'm in no way, shape or form preaching like stone cold sobriety, but I, I do think responsibility. Absolutely. Like if I know I'm going to be going somewhere that's serving alcohol and I'm planning on having one, I'll, we have taxis. I can get a ride from somebody or, you know, if it's close enough, I'll ride my bike or something, which still technically is illegal, but at least if I crash my bike, I'm the only one getting hurt. True. true. So, but the, the DUI that I got was actually pretty funny even though they're not funny 
but it was it was the same deal where I was planning on doing everything very responsibly. You know, I got a taxi there, got a taxi from the other place and rode with a DD somewhere else. And till the end of the night, I'm back at this girl's house and we start kissing and stuff. And then her phone rings and she says, oh, my my uh, fiance is on his way home from the airport. And I was like, you're what now? <laughs> you didn't tell me that. Like, why the hell do you have me over here if you are engaged to be married? And she was like, yeah, you got to go. And I was like, sick, dude. At this point, it's 1.30. The taxi's in my very small town. Stop, stop at 1. So I, I was like, I've seen enough investigation discovery where, like, someone's going to come home, like, 90% of the time that the murder happens it's because of adultery. So I was like, I need to get the hell out of here. And my grandmother lived about 10 minutes up the road again country back roads no no lights nobody's around so i was like it should be okay and i get pulled over and the officer says to me like sir have you been drinking and i just put my hands out the window and i was like dude i know i messed up just get me out of here <laughs> and that yeah. was another one of those uh character defining moments where i was like what the hell am i doing man who am i who am i around who are these people yeah it i think after the stint in aa and kind of trying to prove a point you know i shortly thereafter found jujitsu and you know friday nights you know if anything would be the one night i would i would drink I remember I could only train on Saturdays at that time. And I remember going into class. I want to say it might have been my third class. Somewhere in the early, before, you know, like one through five, somewhere in there. I remember going in, not hungover, but I had been drinking the night before. I felt horrible. And I remember thinking to myself, you know, under the concept of a team you know, unit here. I don't want to be a bad teammate coming in drunk. Now, you know, not that people are coming in drinking, you know, drunk from the night before. It's like, I feel like, you know, if anything, I may not have a whole lot to offer in terms of a lot of things at that time, especially at the very least, I could be a sober training partner and aware training partner. And jujitsu kind of helped me paint, you know, that moving forward. It was like, what kind of a teammate do I want to be? You know, what kind of a friend do I want to be to, to, you know, these competitors, you know, that, I, that I roll with, that I train with and watch go out there and compete. So, you know, you know, kind of, again, trying to be careful of not trying to say, Hey, I'm preaching sobriety. No, not by any means, but yes, responsibility for sure. And also just, you know, when, when it comes to being a part of a group, and saying, hey, this is my team. These are my, you know, my brothers and sisters. You know, you want to make sure that, hey, you're the you're the responsible one. You know, because not everybody's going to be the responsible one. So someone's got to pick pick it up and, and do it. And, I, you know, for me, I was like, okay, let me be that guy. I want to be the guy that at least shows up. Hey, you're getting ready for a competition. I'll work with you. I'll train with you and, and you know, do whatever you need. And in order to do that, I have to be at least Saturday morning class be sober. I mean, you know, maybe Saturday night go out and knock a few back and then 
you know, wake up Sunday morning a little, little, you know, toasted. But at the very least, like, you know, in terms of being with your your teammates and stuff, I always want to make sure that, you know, I was I was straightforward. And, and then becoming a dad also helped because I didn't, I didn't like the idea of, you know, being drunk around my kid. You know, it's like, you know, I'm I'm relatively responsible, but the idea of like, hey, if I've been drinking and my daughter wants to play shoots and ladders and I can't count properly because, you know, I've been drinking or something, you know, and it'd be embarrassing for my kids to say, mm, dad, what's that smell? Yeah. It's like, or like, like you're counting wrong again, dad. It's like, I feel like at that point you got to be pretty fucking drunk. I would imagine. For you and just you know, the, the things that you've gone through, especially with losing friends, um, had you spoken to, you know, any of the, uh, you know, friends about training, you know, that kind of had relapses or anything? Because sometimes you feel like that might be, and it's, again, jujitsu is not always the answer for everyone, but, you yeah. know, sometimes it's a start. Well, um, no, one of them was, uh, he was also a dad young dad uh 25 four kids so guy had absolutely no free time um was a welder so long hours long days but my other friend he he had an apartment in dover which is one of the towns that also has a gym about 40 minutes away and he expressed interest in in joining it and I told him, do it, dude. I, I do it. It's a lot of fun. And he's like, well, I'm kind of nervous about going there and not knowing what I'm doing. And I was like, dude, that's the whole point. Like, they're not going to shove you in there with somebody that's, uh, you know, much better than you and they're going to hurt you. Like, you're there to learn. They're, they're going to take you at whatever level you're at and help you get forward. And I think... Uh, but I think the problem is that it's like when you have something like that, that's uh, it's like having an itch that you can't scratch and you just forget about. But as soon as you're reminded of it, you're like, oh, yeah, I need to scratch that itch. So um, I don't know. He wanted to do it and I told him he should. And I guess he never made up his mind about going, but. Sure, sure. You know, and you know, I'm sorry, you know, to hear that. That's unfortunate. You know, it's you know, when I look back, and this may sound a little morbid. Um I, I know it sounds morbid when I think about it, because I think about it quite often. Uh, me training now in my life, I don't know that it would ever happen, you know, with with my uh, two buddies you know, had they not passed away as fucked up as that may sound. It's like we get into many different adventures and I don't think at any point during that time, jujitsu was ever a thought in my mind to even consider. So it'd be interesting to see, you know, had they lived what I've picked up training, you know, where, where would I be? You know? So w when you know, we have those moments where it's like, you know, maybe if, you know, our friends did this, maybe this would have made a difference. 
you know, we want to believe that we want to hope that that's the case. Um, I do feel sometimes, you know, like you said, he, he wanted to get into it. He just never got around to it. It's almost a matter of, you know, what's most important. And with not having a lot of time, you know, having kids and everything, you know, that, that is kind of your priority. And on Instagram, you'll see uh, Mr. Jiu-Jitsu's Instagram account. You know, it'll say things like, you know, if you, you know, make time for training, make time for, you know, stuff like that. And, you know, it kind of strengthens the foundation of everything else, family, relationships, things like that. Uh, you know, so you'd like to think that maybe had he, you know, gotten into training, that would help it. But unfortunately, sometimes, like we said, this isn't necessarily the answer for everyone. And we still end up, you know, uh, succumbing to, you know, some issues one way or the other. Uh, hopefully not. But jujitsu is not perfect. Martial arts isn't perfect. But, you know, we definitely like to think that hopefully it could help help someone down the road. Yeah. I think the the idea of martial arts, it, it generally is kind of a, a better, like a self-empowerment thing. Like we want to help each other while helping ourselves get better. And it's like a, a growth kind of thing. But you could definitely also go to the wrong kind of gym. Like, True. like I'm really glad that everybody at my jiu-jitsu gym is the kind that's like, we'll help you out. We're going to, we're going to be friends and, you know, be gentle and get better together. Cause the boxing gym that I went to, like there was no flow rolling or light sparring. Like every time you sparred, somebody was trying to knock out the other person and the coach was all for it. Like <laughs> knock them out. Cause we're all competing. So, and I was young, I was like 13. I didn't know that that wasn't normal. And I was doing pretty good at it, so I didn't really mind that being the case because most of the time I wasn't on the canvas until I remember after after about one year of competing in, in boxing, my grade in math class went from a 98 in geometry to a 64 in the span of like a semester. And I remember looking at the paper and going, I know how to do this. I just don't know how to do it. <laughs> like I think I was perpetually concussed for like a year and then was like, yeah, maybe this isn't like the thing for me. I'm probably not going to make any money at this at any point. And I feel like I'm just getting dumb. <laughs> so it, it might've been different if it was one of the, you know, for fitness kind of gyms, but it was, you can go to the, the, empowering ones and you can go to the grimy ones and it, you don't know until you're there how the vibe is going to be yeah you know when, when you think about you know a good atmosphere gym atmosphere versus a bad gym atmosphere i i just spoke to uh someone on the podcast recently and also i spoke to someone else not on the podcast just yet they both have spoken about going to a Muay Thai gym where, you know, and this is early on for them. They were sparring and got hit full on pretty hard. And it's like, 
I know at my gym, you, you have to earn the right to spar, like by, you know, showing, you know, proficient understanding of the sports and skill. So it's like, oh, y'all are just letting like newbies coming in and get clocked like that. Like, you know, but th- those gyms exist. Those toxic gyms exist where it's like, you know, just go out there and grind. Go and, and again, I'm not trying to say being a hard worker is a bad thing. No, it's absolutely good to be a hard worker. But there is a level of responsibility that comes when you have fighters. You know, it, it's like toys. You know, you don't want to break your toys because you break your toys. You don't have toys to play with later on. That's the same thing with teammates, training partners. If you're out there and you're sparring, and you, you know, you're knocking each other silly. It's like eventually you're going to run out of people to knock silly or you're going to have teammates coming in there concussed forever. And that's in the long run, especially not good as we're learning more and more about CTE and, and the later effects of that. So, you know, I'm glad you're able to, again, kind of make that adjustment and say, I need to get the hell out of here because this shit might get, you know, really, really bad, really, really fast. Yeah. And uh, everyone does it for a different reason like i i was competing for boxing and one of the other kids was competing a couple other people were just there as like hobbyists they just wanted to or you know some people were there to learn some form of self-defense or just a different way of getting physically fit that wasn't just like grinding over weights they were just so when you have like competitors and hobbyists and stuff like that in the same place and you're all treating them like you know live or die competitors that's not fun for the hobbyist because now he's like i just want to like hit the bag (laughs) i never actually want to do any of this so um having that that kind of atmosphere isn't great for everybody yeah it's you know some folks don't want to get hit i don't want to get hit i'm gonna be straight up about that shit right now i tried muay thai for a week (laughs) it was like fuck this and we you know we weren't sparring we weren't hitting each other but you know we were like we you know uh you know like the kick shields and stuff and something happened i ended up clanking shins with somebody and i was like "Mm -mm, nope yeah it's pretty crazy I, I see some of that too and i would love to learn it but I, again i've i've skateboarded enough i've been hitting the shins with stuff and i'm like dude this hurts <laughs> i don't want it's uh it's fun and it would be cool like to know that you know you can do that but again i gotta i'm a grown-up now i'm 26 i gotta go to work every day i don't want to be waking up in the morning to go wire a house and have my shins blown to pieces so yeah yeah that's it's the thing about doing these things it's like yes they're hobbies for some you know it might be further might be more but at the end of the day you got to think well what am i doing away from here like Right now, my shoulder is all types of jacked. I don't even know how my shoulder got messed up. That's the the true mystery to me. 
I went in the train one day and I came home. I was like, huh, my shoulder feels funky. I, you know, I didn't get caught in any submissions or anything. I didn't resist anything. It was a relatively light day. And my shoulder, this has been going on for a while, long enough for me to probably go see a doctor. But, you know, it, I, I still think I'm in my 20s. Like, oh, the hell, he'll be fine tomorrow. It's not. It's never fine tomorrow. So, um, but, but, hey, you know, we, I, I feel like the universe a lot of us in jiu-jitsu for a reason because we're like look maybe maybe getting hit in the shin isn't meant for you maybe you know you know getting catching the elbow to the face intentionally is not for you because in jiu-jitsu we do catch elbows at least i do and i've I've kicked as a spazzy white belt myself i've kicked the teammate directly in the eye like (laughs) i need need her in the eye trying to go for a knee bar from half guard like i tried to spin but i didn't like you know kick my leg over her head and come around to a knee bar but i didn't remember to like put my hand on her her uh, shoulder to kind of keep her down so as i went to throw my knee over she sat up thinking okay i'm gonna just you know sit up into an underhook and it all went very wrong my knee hit her in the eye she yelled out in like extreme pain and i i like you know i crawled over like oh my god oh my god oh my god i think i just killed her and uh she had graduation coming up so she had a black eye going to graduation so um but hey from that point on we became really good friends and uh trained together all the time so but the moral of the story is my bad yeah (laughs) sorry yeah it's always kind of funny when like someone accidentally bumps you and then for me this happens to me all the time i get bumped in the head a lot and i don't even notice it sometimes um but uh, like I'll, i mean i'll know i'll get hit but it's not one of the ones where it's like oh ow it's just kind of like oh that hurt a little bit and then the other person goes oh my god are you okay and i'm like yeah i'm fine and they go okay cool tap tap like keep going because to be to be like aware like that and concerned about hurting your partners that's you know that's cool and when we do we do have some like hard sparring that's like when people are gonna be doing a competition but it's voluntary like they'll say hey i'm training for a competition do you want to like go for real or somebody says hey i'm kind of sore like for me when i do go back after um having my injury for a while i'm pretty much just going to be able to flow roll for a while and you know we were all kind of at the same level but at this point i missed about 12 classes because we have four a week Mm. and so i'm i'm gonna feel way out of the loop and i I need to catch up that's why i still go to watch what they're doing but sure it's hard to you know, learn it without actually doing the, the move yourself because, you know, you, you get like the muscle memory at that point. Sure. Sure. Do you take video or do you just uh, write notes? I just watch. I don't, uh, no, I don't videotape it or take notes, but I have a pretty decent memory. So I do not, which is why I, I have to take video of most things. I, I tend to take video and then I take I write notes off of the video that I that I took just to make sure that because as I handwrite it out, 
I'm forced to remember it because I'm writing a step by step in in super detail. So, uh, and and granted, it still doesn't match up to the the fact that you need to physically do it. Um, I, I think that's probably most important. Right. Personally, I, I'm a kinetic learner, so I have to physically do it. But I do know for me, it has been beneficial writing stuff over the last couple years. But I say that, but then if you see me on the mat, it's like, it doesn't look like that's just been helping you at all. Fucking suck, dude. It's like, no, oh, trust me. Trust me. I was I was much worse. Um, but it, like, as far as your injury, is there any um, ideal on timetable how long you might be out? Um, He wasn't very specific. He said at least a couple of weeks. I am. I have a follow-up appointment with him tomorrow at 3.30. And um, I haven't, like, I haven't been out of work or anything. I don't have to get surgery. Um, he, he basically said as far as fracturing your spine goes, this is, like, the way you want it to happen because it's it's technically there, but it's not as significant as, you know, some other things he just said no heavy lifting no twisting uh come see me once a week to have like checkups and stuff and then you know so i still go to work i still do a couple other things but i'm not supposed to twist or fall and that happens a lot (laughs) so um so yeah, I should be back on the mats pretty soon. I'm gonna I'm gonna beg them tomorrow about getting back there, but I I would say in at least a flow, at least a flow. I'm not trying yeah. to like go hard because that that's tricky though because sometimes you have to like all right, I'm just gonna flow and. <laughs> 40% turns to 50%, 50 yeah. turns to 60, and 60 turns to 80. And then the next thing you know, it's like, I got him in the twister. Like, oh, at, there's my. no twisters allowed at my gym. Somebody already, we had a guest purple belt come in, and um, he was from a different gym. And, you know, when, when you get to, like, people expect the white belts to be spazzy, right? And then blue belts, you you're getting your stuff put together a little bit more by purple. You should know there's stuff that you're not supposed to do. If the white belts aren't allowed to knee bar each other, you shouldn't be able to knee bar them, (laughs) you know, like kind of, kind of stuff like that. And he was not very gentle either. I feel like this guy must've came from one of those toxic gyms that was like, you know, sub them all. And, he put one of our guys in a twister and that guy had to go to the hospital. Mm. So, and I have never seen my coach more mad than that. That was terrifying. He threw the guy right out and said, you're not allowed to come back. You're never coming back here. You know, we don't do that here. I told you, I told you no twisters, no knee bars. You're grappling a bunch of white belts. A lot of them way less than you too. So you don't need to be, putting anyone in a twister. <laughs> I feel like as a guest, you know, you don't go into a gym trying to flex, you know? I think I think that's what he wanted to do. He's like, oh, I'm going to come in here and show everybody how much better I am than them. 
and then we're like, no, you're not allowed to come here anymore. I went to visit a friend's gym up in Virginia, and um, you know, I went in two different gyms. One gym I went in was just kind of like super casual, very friendly with everyone. Everyone was very friendly with me. And um, I was trying to light roll. A couple of guys went a little harder at me. So, But that was kind of one of those things where it's like, okay, you're going to go this intensity. I'm going to ramp it up just a little bit too. So that way we kind of match. But there's kind of an unspoken mutual agreement there that we knew this is where we're going. But at no point that we, you know, were we trying to crank any submissions? This uh, one gym, particularly, they they work a lot with leg locks. So, you know, there were some ankle locks being thrown. And, you know, I was like, okay, I I get it. I get it. I I wasn't throwing them back, but I was definitely defending. But, you know, from my perspective as a guest coming into their gym, it's like, okay, you know, whatever's whatever. But I wouldn't go to their gym. And like, all right, I'm throwing ankle locks and hill hooks and let's go for a couple toes while we're at it. No, as, as a guest, I'm just there to kind of get a workout in. I went yeah. to another friend's gym also in Virginia. And, you know, just again, very, very casual. They like, to be honest, they all wiped the mats up with me. I was like, dude, like, like, and, and they weren't mean or aggressive about it. It was like, th- this was like, very, very technical, very, very skilled. And it was like, oh, wow, I'm being outmatched here. Huh. Yeah. Like, okay. Oh, do, do I turn it up or do I just, you know, I just, I just kept it, just kept it super casual and let them work. I think uh, the one friend that I, I was invited there through, they wanted me to roll with their son. I was like, hmm, I'm watching him just, just run through people. I was like, hmm, I will. <laughs> I don't want to, but I will. And we just never got around to it. But the few of their purple and brown belts beat beat my ass. And I was like, okay, thanks, guys. I, I appreciate it. And and they they've moved gyms since. I do want to go out and visit the new gym. I just have to uh repair my ego. I'm like, look, man, you you aren't you aren't the you you aren't the little kid in the gym. You know, you're the adult. Go in there and show them. But, you know, as a visitor, you always want to, you know, just take care of, you know, be a good guest. Yeah. Want to be a jerk. So, oh, well. But, you know, I, I think that is a good rule, though. No twisters, period. I don't, I don't know. Really, we necessarily have a rule of no twisters. I just don't think anyone's shooting for twisters. A, a buddy of mine, he and I will, will roll, and every so often he'll, like hint towards it like he, he'll get like my my legs kind of contorted and then he'll take my arm and throw it over his his uh shoulder or over his neck and i'll say don't you don't, you <laughs> don't do it come on man <laughs> thought we were friends uh like anytime like we're rolling he'll get my like we'll, we'll you know we'll get a 50 50 and he'll like we're in a gi we don't our rule is no hill hooks in the gi he'll get me like like as he's there he'll get you positioned yeah, like, and then just yeah. won't like yeah and like, that's, times. that's fine yeah. we yeah. we do stuff like that too where it's like you know it, if you know you have it there's almost no point in like actually doing it especially you know what we like to do a lot of the time especially me and my one of my favorite uh training partners is we'll like get someone 
into an arm bar, but let them learn, like use the escape to get out. And then it's, it's like a dog fight to get the position, but then you let them practice their escape, you know, and it's like a, a volley. You just kind of keep it going. Joe, it's been good um, having you on here and uh, just, just hearing your story and, and hearing, you know, how you've actually, you know, fought through a lot of stuff. And I'm glad that, you know, you, you've had the self-awareness and the strength to just kind of get to where you are right now, despite, um, you know, injuries and everything plaguing you at the moment. So, uh, you know, definitely glad we were able to finally get, get together and, and make this happen. I'd love to have you back on um, and just dig further, you know, into your story and just really talk. And just kind of the next episode just really like loosen up, like like let's let's just this is a party, like like, like no like no safety nets. We just gonna get silly. But uh, before we get out of here, you got any shout outs or mentions that you'd like to throw out there for us? Um, I guess I'd like to shout out Nomad Grappling Club. You guys are the best. Thank you so much. And um, shout out Jake Dante. And thank you a lot for having me. It's been a lot of fun and I'm a big fan of getting silly. So if I am <laughs> back on the back on the show, we can uh we don't always have to I, I wanted to let the, let my uh, story be told about, you know, the the sad times, but I'm all for just getting getting goofy and I think that'd be a lot of fun. No, absolutely. You know, I honestly think in order to get to the silly and get to the goofy, you do have to let the show down, be vulnerable, and then share the hard parts too. So it's not all rainbows here, y'all. Sometimes, you know, we do have some hardships to share as well. So thank you for doing that, though, because, you know, for this being your first time doing the podcast and really opening up like that, I, I think that's huge and, you know, much appreciated. So thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Great Absolutely. host. Thank you. Great guests. I mean, but through the technical difficulties, difficulties <laughs> and everything, you've been a trooper. So thank you for that. Um, before we get out of here, as always, all y'all listening, thank you. If you all have any questions, concerns, criticisms, topics, want to be a guest, anything, reach out to me. You can find me at bjj.wiki on instagram or off the mats podcast also on instagram or you can email off the mats 2020 at gmail.com yeah that sounds right try it if i respond then it's right if i don't then it's probably not right or i think you're a scammer you're trying to steal tons of my 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 dollars which i don't have a lot of uh, i want to give a big shout out to my crew over there at nerd rage radio bobby chris joe marilyn phil ricky ticky Y'all been listening. Y'all know the crew. Um, if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be doing podcasts. So, you know, I always want to, you know, shout them out. And also, I was just recently on a couple episodes over there. I went back home and, and you know, recorded with my buddies. So go check it out. It's a fun time over there. We get silly, really silly. I uh, also want to give a shout out to my other podcast. So you like horror. If you're into scary movies and things like that, go check that out, too. We've been doing horror through the decades and we've completed it. We wrapped it all up. Now we're going into 2024 and 
we're going to be toying with some new themes, possibly Final Girls or Cursed Films. We don't know. We're going to get together with the crew and talk about it in a couple weeks. So, But otherwise, go check it out. So you like horror. It's also on Instagram. All the words are separated by underscores. Go listen. It'll be fun. And last but not least, I want to give a big shout out here to my guest, Mr. Joe Donovan. Thank you again for sharing your story. Thank you for making the time. And I'm looking forward to having you back on as a guest and really getting into the weeds of just, again, being silly, having a good time, getting getting the just cut loose. But um, outside of that, as always, thank you, everyone. I love you guys. Sometimes I wonder, should I be doing a podcast? And then when I see people listen, it's like, oh, I guess I guess they think I should be doing it. So if you think I shouldn't be doing it, you know, keep that shit to yourself. Like negative vibes, stay away from me. But um, otherwise, thank you, everyone. I love you to death. You guys keep listening and we're going to always keep making these shows. Thank you so much, everybody. And goodbye. They probably said. Now let me see his song.